Welcome to Tax Wrap, the podcast of Tax and Super Australia. Each fortnight, we present news and insights to tax and SMSF practitioners. If you've got any questions, comments or even suggestions, get in touch at podcast at taxandsuperaustralia.com.au. Welcome to the Tax Wrap Podcast, episode 214. I'm your host, Steve Burnham, and um, once again, uh, Tax and Super Australia's Tax Council, John Jeffries, um, is on ABC Radio in Adelaide, speaking to the host uh, of the afternoon's program, Sonia Feltoff. Um, since we last uh, were on the uh, podcast airwaves, a lot more details have come out. Um, this recording of the radio interview with John and uh, by, with the ABC occurred on um, April 20, um, and this is also the first day when um, applications can start to be made. So um, people have phoned in with some questions, and it's, it's very revealing. I should mention, too, while I'm here, um, that if listeners uh, do have lots of questions about... Naturally, everyone has lots of questions about the JobKeeper um, package, and indeed all of the stimulus uh, COVID-19 uh, economic responses that the government's put out, uh, go to the um, Tax and Super Australia's website. On there, you'll find... A fairly prominent um, display saying COVID-19 essentials. If you log in, uh, or not log in, but if you go to that page, it's free for all, um, you'll find a lot of your questions will be answered. Anyway, um, let's listen in to the uh, ABC Adelaide's radio show starring John Jeffries. Hello, John. Hi, Sonia. How are you? Yeah, I'm extremely well. Now, we had to cut you off in your prime last time because we were crossing to the Prime Minister. Um, I guess if you're going to have to be dumped for anyone, it can be the Prime Minister. Is that right? Oh, yes. That's my pleasure. I'll uh, give way to him. Um, now, let's just be clear, as you're listening to John, he is a tax counsel for Tax and Super Australia. He's not a Centrelink expert or anything like that, but he can try and give some very general, not specific advice on how the JobKeeper and JobSeeker um, uh, payments apply and what they might mean for your financial situation. Uh, John, each day you've been digging in a bit further and uh, is there still more to learn or do you think you're across uh, it now? Yes, no, there's still more to learn, still more came out from the tax office over the weekend and uh, perhaps if I could just mention, Sonia, today is a very important day in the JobKeeper regime because today is the very first day that an employer can enrol for the JobKeeper scheme. So this is where the rubber really begins to hit the road. And uh, I can refer you to a website. Uh, if you search for QC, that's Q for Queen, C for Cat, 62130, that will take you to the page that enables you to enrol for the JobKeeper scheme. QC 62130. That doesn't sound super intuitive, uh, John. <laughs> no, no, no. That's uh, the tax officer's um, numbering system and who knows how they do it. OK. Uh, well, we can give that out again before we finish up. So if that's sure. important to you, um, make sure you grab a pen so you can be writing that down as, as we speak. Uh, so, John, when you say enrol, I thought employers were already enrolling for this, but that's not the case. No, the first part was registering. So you went along to the tax office website, you clicked a button, put in very few details and that simply told them where to send information when 
information came. But this is the actual start of, of the scheme where you say, yes, I want to be in it. And uh, there's a, a process that you have to go through. Uh, if you're a business, you have to have a MyGov ID, which uh, many businesses don't yet. Or you can get but your tax But you need one of those to lodge a tax, uh, BAS statements and all of that anyway, don't you? Uh, yes. So uh, not to be confused with a MyGov account, which is a completely different thing. No. So this, this is an identification methodology, MyGov ID, which is only a more recent thing. Um, but if you want to do that as a business uh, and you go in through the business portal, you will need that. Otherwise, you'll need your tax agent or your BAS agent mm. to do it for you. Now, let's just go over those uh, key parts really quickly. Um, $1,500 a fortnight for those who are found to be eligible for that, for their, their employees. And that needs to be paid whether they get paid 1500 a fortnight or not. Is that correct? That's correct, yes. So even if you were being paid... $500 a fortnight, uh, you would then have to be paid $1,500 a fortnight minimum, correct? Got a question here from someone who says, if a casual employee is getting the JobKeeper allowance but is still getting some shifts, should the employer paying them for their shifts be passing on the balance of the $750 JobKeeper payment or should they get the $750 plus the money earned on their shifts? Uh, well, the, the bottom line is that the person must be paid a minimum of $1,500 per fortnight. Uh, so um, I think that an that answers the question, Sonia. Is that well, I don't know, because are they getting $1,500 for nothing or are they getting $1,500 for whatever shifts they do under that amount? Okay, so first, so first of all, minimum $1,500 has to be paid. Now, under the amendments to the Fair Work Act, there are what are known as JobKeeper-enabling directions. Now, I'm not an expert in this area, but that uh, the question goes into employment law and uh, what the employer can ask the employee to do can be different under this, these times because of these so-called JobKeeper-enabling directions. Um, so if the employer wants the employee to work more hours uh, for that, then my understanding is that they can uh, request that under these JobKeeper enabling directions. Okay. But presumably if this is about trying to keep people in employment, they would be required to do whatever shifts are required by that employer under the amount of 1500 a fortnight, wouldn't they? I would think so, Yes. Um, there will be some businesses that uh, may just simply stand down their employees and tell them to go home because yes, there's nothing to do. Indeed. Uh, but of course, if there is work to do, and if they say um, they want an employee to do something else uh, to what they were doing or something different, again, these JobKeeper enabling directions um, are permitted under this Fair Work uh, changes to the Fair Work Act. And uh, there's some information on the Fair Work Ombudsman's uh, website that can give you more information about that. John, one of our texters asks a very pertinent question, and that is, do you pay work cover on JobKeeper as, a, as an employer? Uh, yes, that's a very good question. Now, that is a state-by-state state, uh, issue, 
and uh, it's not entirely clear to me uh, as to what the position is in each of the states. And I can't uh, comment at the moment on South Australia. I know that they have uh, South Australia has um, exempted it from payroll tax. Now, usually it will follow that if that's the case, then work cover will be the same, but I can't tell you for certain. Would you be able to find that out for us and we t find, see if we can get that answer next week? Sure. Um, because that that is very pertinent, and also on what amount, because if you've got casuals who are earning less than the 1500 a fortnight, mm -hmm. normally, are you paying work cover on the normal amount or on the 1500 which means it's quite a lot more? Yes, good question. Helen, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. John Jeffries, a tax counsellor, is listening to you. Thank you. Um, my question is, is uh, my company's already qualified for the JobKeeper and we were given an email the other day in regards to filling in the JobKeeper employee, employee nomination notice form and it's two pages electronically. Now, I've got an old, old, old iPad and it won't allow me to key in my answers to the questions because I've got an old iPad is it possible for me to get a hard copy? I think uh, you can just print them out, uh, as I have done. You can print them out and fill them in. Okay. And I'd send them in that way. Right. So, yeah, so you can. Helen, print them up and send them in. Thanks for your call. Jeffrey. good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, I'm a, I'm a full-time employee that's been dropped from 38 to 30 hours a week. I'm only getting six fifty a week now. Can this job thing top me up to the fifteen hundred dollars a fortnight? Yes. Yes, you should get that. And so it would be um, incumbent on Jeffrey's employer, though, to apply for that job. Yes. Now this is on the assumption, Jeffrey, that you're not getting it from another employer. Uh, and in what way are you saying that? Not getting oh, if it. You had another, if you had another job. Is this the only job you've got? This is the only job I've got, yeah. 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 And yeah, you're yeah, an extra... They've dropped me... I'm a permanent employee. They've just dropped me from 38 to 30 to try and keep everyone employed, which is... I can understand that. And I'm just wondering if they're... I think my boss is looking into it, but um, I just thought I'd ask the question while I was listening to the ABC. Yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah, well, you definitely should get that $1,500, yes. Excellent. Jeffrey. thank you very much for your call. Um, I'm looking at some of the texts that are coming through on these questions. Chris is asking you, John, uh, on our text line, how does an employer back pay employees for eligibility for JobKeepers if we have not paid them $1,500 a fortnight? Okay, so the first JobKeeper fortnight begins on the 30th of March 2020. Now, what your employer has got to do for the month of April is to make sure that $3,000 is paid to you in the month of April. So that, that's a special uh, transitional uh, thing that the tax office is permitting. So uh, that, for the month of April, is the thing that you need to look at. Now, for other fortnights... It's just a question of whether or what the employer has actually paid in that fortnight. Now, whether it relates to a pay period that's before that time 
is irrelevant. It's just a question of what did they actually pay in that fortnight. But just remember that for April, there's a special rule that you don't have to have met that in the first fortnight as long as you've paid the $3,000 for the whole of the month of April. Okay. Thank you very much for your question, Chris. Um, Kath says, um, I'm a Vigneron primary producer who is 90% down in income through the drought and the Barossa's farmer's market closure. We are a partnership and no employees. How do we navigate the possibility of aid from the government? Now, interestingly, she said the word drought there. So my understanding is you have to prove that you've had a COVID-19 hit. Is that right, John? Uh, you don't know no? uh, for the okay. downturn. No, the downturn, it's just simply a straight test, 30% downturn. That's for JobKeeper. Um, unfortunately, in their situation, they won't get the cash flow boost because they have no employees. However, they should be able to get one lot of JobKeeper uh, for the partnership. So, uh, the partnership should be able to get just one lot, no more than that, of $1,500 per fortnight. Okay. Uh, John Peter at Victor says, can an employer choose some for the JobKeeper scheme and not others, even if all qualify? Uh, yes. Now, this is a good question because there's been a bit of misinformation around about this. It, it is a one-in, all-in rule. That is, if for all of your eligible employees they must be paid the JobKeeper amount. And this idea that the employer can pick and choose is not correct. But what if an employer says, uh, I need to keep on... I think that I could get through this uh, in a diminished capacity and be able to maintain employment for some of my employees at the end of it all, but I don't think I could do it with all of them. Well, the employer, uh, if they want to, can terminate the employment of the people. Now, if they terminate their employment as opposed to standing them down, then they're no longer employed and the JobKeeper doesn't flow through to them. But Then um, they would be eligible for the JobSeeker payment. Yes, those, those individuals. But if uh, the, the person can still get the JobKeeper amounts, even if they're stood down. So it would still make sense, uh, unless there's some other compelling reason, to, to have those people maybe stood down and not working and just simply pay them the $1,500 a fortnight so they're still there when the virus period um, goes away. And that's, that's the idea of the scheme. Mm. I don't know. I just assumed from that text that this person suggested maybe the employer was using this as a way to pick and choose which employees he wanted to keep on. Right. Well, you can in the sense that you still can terminate your employees and not be involved in JobKeeper, um, but uh, that's the employer's choice. Can we talk a little bit about super, because you do both? Um, there was a, lot, a big recommendation at the beginning, or not recommendation, but certainly a big take-up of people trying to access their super during this time. Yes. Um, Gary at Prospect says, I just had money transferred from super to the pension fund, lost $22,000 from January. Will I make that up over time or is it a loss? He's just had 20000 transferred from the pension fund. Uh, sorry, I've just lost it again. I'll try and find that. Um, yeah, twenty two. Uh, had it moved from the super to a pension fund, I think. 
Um, I think that question is not related to the okay. early release of super. But uh, what would be some general tips you'd say about accessing your super at this time? Sure. I think the first thing is make it the last thing that you think about. But if you really need it, well, I understand that. But once it comes out, um, it's more difficult to get it back in. So make sure this is really the case. Make sure that you've understood all of your entitlements under job keeper and or job seeker. Um, but if you think you're really going to need the the money, then, yes, you apply and it comes out tax-free. Mm. Uh, jo is in Everett Park and asks, can a husband and wife both be on JobSeeker? Uh, yes, they can. Um, that's if you're both employed. Yes, that's quite possible. JobSeeker? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry, uh, I thought you said JobKeeper. Um, JobSeeker, yes, uh, that's my understanding, is yes, that both can apply... Um, uh, I'm not an absolute expert in this area, but when you when you get into the job seeker area, then you're, the whole of your uh, income is then totaled up to determine what you're entitled to. Okay, um, but if they're both looking for job, I guess they haven't got a lot of income coming in at that point. Yes. Um, Ajars, hello. Oh hi. Yeah, how are you? Good. Uh, John Jeffries, our tax counsel, is listening to you. Yeah, John, I've got a two questions. The first thing first, I did a silly thing. I've got a text message um, that I will get a $750 for job keeping or job seeking um, allowance. And uh, with the link, which uh, I hit the link and um, came up with another page like MyGo, and it uh, needed all the information of the key card, which I inserted. And then I checked with my other friend. And soon after, there was a spiral on the viral on the social media that is a fake this stuff is going on and I'm quite worried about it. Uh, number one, number two. Uh, I'm a registered nurse working with RDNS uh, with the direct care with the people so I've got a part time but I do have a casual work with the other one uh, which I couldn't get a shift since last year's August. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure under this situation I'll be eligible to get some uh, assistance or not. However, the um, second employer um, declined it. I do not fit into the criteria, so I don't know how uh, what I see or if you can give me a bit of idea. Okay, so uh, I, I'm not sure if I understood all of that, but uh, I, I think your second job, you said you haven't had a shift since last August, is that right? Yeah, they had some changes in, like, you know, shift picking all these uh, uh, sort of a technology I did uh, manually sort of insert sure. to pick up the shift. No, but, but da get... yeah, dates are really important in, in this whole thing. So, John, yeah. I'll leave it over to you. <laughs> and and sorry, that that job is a casual job, is that right? Yes. yes. Okay. And you mentioned also you had a part time job. Yeah, part time, which is thirty hours a week. And that's with RDNS. Yes. Yeah. Um, right now, uh, RDNS. Um, is that a state government? Um, it's the Royal District Nursing Service. Yes, yeah. John. Um, if it's a state government's instrumentality, uh, then you won't be entitled to job keeper, but you've got your job. Um, so um, that's that's how the government has seen that you'll be paid. Yeah, mm. but you wouldn't be able to get it uh, in relation to that other job either. Yeah. And, and look, in relation to your um, SMS that you got, contact your bank 
uh, initially, I think, Ajaz, to check that there's something going on, if there's something going on there. If it was simply a, a, a text reminding you that you've got a, a $750 payment, we've heard that that is something that people are receiving and it's it seems to be quite legitimate from some of the texts we've been getting, simply a statement saying that you... Uh, that you have it in your bank account. But it sounded like it connected you somewhere else, which may be a bit concerning. Um, John, uh, any final uh, tips that you would give before we finish up today? I think just uh, for any employee that's been given the JobKeeper nomination notice, make sure you fill it in as quickly as you can um, because that will be going out to thousands of people right at the moment. Um, so if, if you want to get that JobKeeper going quickly, make sure you fill in the form quickly and give it back to your employer. Okay. Um, and one, uh, a couple of quick questions. One is saying, is the $750 payments uh, for JobKeeper, JobSeeker, are they taxed? Uh, now, the 750 uh, refers to not the JobKeeper. That's part of um, other benefits that are being given to uh, people on government assistance. Those particular 750 amounts are not taxed. There's going to be two lots mm. of them. And not everybody's going to be eligible for both, but they are both not uh, income for tax purposes. You've also warned people to use as a very last resort the accessing to super because of the implications that might have down the line. But Mary says, what is the requirement to do that? I've lost 20% of my hours. Do I just need to provide pay slips online or a letter from my employer? Um, there is now uh, information that is on the tax officer's website that enables you to do that. That information came out um, over the weekend, as I recall. So go onto the tax officer's website and that will guide you through the process. John, John it's, it's great, great to speak with you again and we very much appreciate your time. Um, John is the Tax Council for Tax and Super Australia. And in the, in the interim, while there is so much uncertainty and confusion about these payments and what you have to do financially, he joins us at 2 o'clock each Monday uh, for the foreseeable future to try and answer some of those questions uh, that we are all grappling with. 